weird. Like I have to like lean in to talk oh, into it. Yeah. Cause I'm not using a boom stand. I'm using this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got going on too. I was sitting I here. We're here and not here. Dave will books. join us at some point. It's all right. It gives me time to look over my notes. Okay. So we're starting the pod and then he'll join us. Yeah. Whenever okay. he can. All right. Want to clap? We're starting right now. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, I said we'd start without him. Oh, <laughs> we're just going to like <laughs> kill time. We're just no, we're going to do the whole like what's new. And okay, fine. When he gets here, we'll jump into sermon stuff. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a meeting at like one that I've already told them I'm not going to be on time. to. Oh, so. oh my no, goodness. We will not. All right. Okay, well, here we go. Recording. Okay. Oh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. Quick time, quick time. Can you hear the uh, bunnies? Okay, good. I no. can hear um, an HVAC system. Yeah, that's in here. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay. One, two, three, clap. All right. Here we go. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and like a gummed up carburetor in a generator during a lack of electricity, I am bedeviled by stress. Luckily, Dave Rodriguez will be here to refocus me on kingdom-centered generosity. But before we wrap up the final week in our tidying up series, now that they've stockpiled their stockpiles, just in case, <laughs> let's welcome in our favorite American treasures that make me feel successful, secure, and satisfied. Marin and Barry, good day, guys. Good day. Good, good day. day. Marin, I agree. Marin, you Barry are an American Rod, treasure. You are an American <laughs> treasure. <laughs> it's uh. Been a while, guys. I haven't seen you in like a month. Well, on this, on this show, I see you. Every day, but <laughs> yeah, on we, this show, we hobbled along and found a way to to do a pod. Yeah. I tell you what, editing a podcast you're not a part of when there are recording problems, yeah, is a real treat. That's what I got to do last week or <laughs> <laughs> two weeks man. ago. <laughs> Sorry, awesome. yeah, it cut it out like halfway ago, through. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, yeah. My favorite quote that is not a part of last week's podcast was. You know, Tim kept dropping out. Barry forgot to hit record. They had to redo it. And once they realize, oh, shoot, Tim's gone again. Marin chimes in. She goes, this is going to be a good one, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) going to be a good one. Like, okay, thanks for the encouragement. (laughs) Oh, man. We yeah, were gone last new. week. Well, yeah, we what's new? We we just got back from our our lead team retreat last week. We went hiking in the woods together. We did. We did. We, we hiked for a second and yep. bonding. It was good. It was yeah. Um, thank you, friends of the pod, for praying. I know we had said before we left that we were praying that we would you know hear the spirit that we would have unity and and I think that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. We had a really really good time. We we got a lot of work done. Really kind of shaping the future of, of, or the future direction for the next six to nine months of grace. But we also, uh, I don't know, spend time getting to know each other. It was great. I mean, obviously we've been talking weekly for years, but, um, even so we, we went around and all 
took time to share our stories and ask questions. And I learned stuff about you guys I didn't know before. So it was great. It was a great apparently, time. Apparently <laughs> talking to each other once a week is not enough. Yeah, that's I not knew. enough to make you genuinely <laughs> <Soon>. friends. <laughs> because uh, there was a moment on the retreat where I was like, Marin, I feel like I, uh, I feel like you, you could have given me a little bit more in your, we had to tell like life stories. I was like, I feel like you we had given, 15 minutes to tell a little our bit more. story. I had to read too much into it. And she said, I'm not close enough to you to do that. And I said, <laughs> I have talked to you every week. She's like once a week about church. I'm like, Oh, I guess that's not good enough for you. I talk to you more than I talk to anyone else in my life, except my wife. Do you know how nervous I was about only having 15 minutes to tell my insane story? Well, my you did story it in 13 minutes. I remember that. No, did I? Yeah, yeah you finished like, early. That's it. I'm done. We're like, we still have two minutes. You're like, nope, done. Man, Questions. Y'all got the abridged version. <laughs> but if there was one thing I was the most nervous about on that entire retreat, it was that moment. You did fine. Trying to fit everything into 15 minutes. But it is, no, it was it a really nice trip. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. It was and great, the though. food was amazing. Holy yeah, cow. That's Marcus really unified is... Us. And, and Marin, your food with the, the rice and the food, I didn't eat the meat, obviously, that everybody was was providing, <laughs> so I didn't get to enjoy that, but holy yeah, like, cow. The sides, the sides yeah, were Mara so good. Yeah, Mara made Puerto Rican rice that she promised I could take home, and I have not <laughs> I been forgot. blessed with to this point. But <laughs> I will she made this Puerto rice. Rican rice with like olives in it, and it was... I think about it. We've made we've made chicken and Mexican rice since, yeah. and I've definitely judged it <laughs> compared to your rice. Yeah, and it you just can't not, compare Mexican just, rice and Puerto Rican rice. Like they're just they're not, not even not. similar. And and Mary, you, you shared with us your black salsa with the the yes. secret ingredient being, of course, tomatoes. Was it? <laughs> she didn't tell us. Know. She wouldn't tell yeah, us. She won't tell so us. Anything. Trying to like catch her in it, guys. And, it uh, took me. 20 years to get that recipe. I'm not just going to give it out for free. Yeah, so don't ask friends of the pod. Don't ask. You're not going to get it. There's no way you're ever going to hear about how she roasts the green peppers. Okay, no, it's not. <laughs> they spent the rest of the retreat trying to figure out how I make yeah. this salsa, but it's a salsa you can only find at one restaurant oh. in Chicago. And I happen to know the guy with the recipe. So yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Well, we ate well. Um, also dad came and as he said in a sermon, he came and he cooked for us the third day and that was delicious as well. It was like every meal was just more, uh, delicious than we could handle. Yeah. So <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. It was really great. The thing I love more than anything else in the world is gathering a group of loved ones around a table over a good board game. And, uh, we played exactly <laughs> zero. I brought a whole bag of board games thinking I can play with my new friends and new team members. Nope. We didn't do that once. So we played a game. We played a not game. Not once, but twice. We played a lame game. It's fine. It was a party game. So that's not Tyler's ideal yeah, of not fun. My cup of tea. <laughs> Dave Rodriguez has entered the chat and we are hearing a significant echo. It, yeah, we got, yes. we got some. Do you have headphones, Dave? Okay. <laughs> so Oh. <laughs> oh no. <gasps> Death. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's an echo. I can hear it. I don't know. <laughs> Do right. we plan on ever going back to the pod room? Yeah, as soon as everybody's now that vaccinated. We're all vaccinated. We are. Are now. you? I'm half vax. Yeah, I'm half vax. I'll be fully next week. Well, I don't want to go back to that room. I want to go to the video studio. We just oh, have right. to set it up. So eventually. Anyways, um, what else is new? What's going on? Marin, how are you? I am the proud mother of Indiana's newest licensed driver. Hey-oh. Wow. Desi actually she overtook Jaden, huh? <laughs> yeah, Desi finally made it. No, she she's she cooled off on the driving thing for a while there. But um, just this week, I don't know if it was because her brother was only a day away from getting his license. But just this week, she's, she's back in. in the saddle. She's doing it. Great. She's all in. But no, Jaden got his license yesterday afternoon. Congrats, Jaden. Um, yeah, big time, him. man. Does he like so is it a family shared car or did you and Jed? give him a car or is he buying a car? Like what's his, what's his grandma, mode of transportation His right now? grandma gave him, get this, great grandma's four-door sedan. He got great grandma's car, <laughs> so which was awesome. then grandma's car, which is now his car. And, and I, so. I bet it's probably got like 47 <laughs> miles on it because they've, yeah, yeah exactly. The garage waiting for Jay. Hey, <laughs> it's, I, I feel safer about that car than I do about Jed. Jed had a, a Scion, a Toyota Scion. Mm-hmm. No uh, disrespect to any Scion owners out there, but it's just a piece of aluminum just floating Loading on four wheels. <laughs> yeah, That's the other like car we have. It's box. Literally. It's like, like a, a go-kart, yeah. you know, <laughs> it'll get the kids to school and back, but yeah, I feel safer uh, about the, the four door. Is he excited? Is he just like, eh, whatever. Now I'm doing this. <laughs> I know you're excited because there's like grocery runs in store. I am excited about that part, but what? I'm, I'm more nervous than anything else in the world. Like, you are? Oh, absolutely. This is by far now the scariest chapter of parenting that I've ever encountered. Yeah. Cause he drove to school this morning, but he drove Desi, like oh. putting both my kids wow. in the same car in the hands oh. of a brand new driver. <laughs> well, the good terrifying. news is Desi's just going to snitch on him anytime he does something. I hope so. <laughs> uh, makes an illegal U-turn or runs a red light or something. Desi will let you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been great. I've, he drove us all the way to North Carolina or to Tennessee and back. He, he's been doing a ton of over the road driving. It's just all the little things like of the neighborhood driving that are, I, I probably be, feel better about him driving to Chicago on 65 than, you know, just all of the things you have to deal with driving yeah. locally. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I thought I knew what I was doing in Carmel with the roundabouts, but going oh up Hazeldale, there are different rules for roundabouts almost on everyone. Yeah. <laughs> There's tons of traffic or tons of construction on Keystone. So I started coming up Allisonville to Hazeldell. And every day this week, I've almost gotten into car crash because, <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know how to manage the roundabouts <laughs> and people honk at me and I'm apologizing. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I don't envy learning how to drive <laughs> right now in Carmel. Yeah, yeah. Just, but we, we, we didn't get a chance day, to celebrate so last night. In our day, you just look up and you'd see a red light and you'd know it was time to stop. And now yeah. it's yes. yielding and eye contact. <laughs> it's very confusing. There's a lot what of were your guys' uh, first cars? Ooh, I, uh, 1994 Dodge Spirit. What is that? Is that like a hatchback? 
You, you strike no. me as a hatchback kind of gal. No, um, it was my grandma's car, which was then my brother's car, which was then my car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was white and it was very, very boxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't care because it was free and it got me from point A to point B. Yeah. My, yeah. I had, I had a couple cars like short term. I had like this boy. old 1980s Saab that I drove around a stick shift. And oh, then it yeah. was like a, uh, this really tiny little dinky, uh, pickup truck that I drove for a little bit. That was, I think dad's and I kind of borrowed it for a while. And then I got the car that lasted me like all the way into college and stuff. And it was the, it was like a 91 Chevy Beretta Burgundy. It was Classic. I Beretta. still remember. I still remember. Oh, how I remember it smells Beretta. like that. That vivid. Wasn't smell that a convertible? Like, no, my brother had a Beretta. Definitely not. It was a sports car, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if what I drove would could could ever be considered a sports car. It was very old and very run down, and I ran it down even further. So yeah. <laughs> my first car was a two door teal sat nineteen ninety two Saturn. And, 92. Uh, within the first year of driving it, a garbage truck backed over top of me. <laughs> Don't say things like that to me right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no. that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Oh, Anyways. my goodness. I was like, text me when you get to school so I know you're okay. I don't know what happened to Dave, but he just texted me. <laughs> He's gone. Not working. He's gone. Uh, so... Okay, so how does Jed handle this versus how you handle it? You're, you're, this, this sermon is perfect to talk about between the three of us. <laughs> no, because no, it's all no. about like the just in case and worrying and all that stuff, uh, which you are a perpetual worry. Hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> but how does Jed, is he too focused on Call of Duty right now to even know that Jaden has his license or what is his, what is his, I hear, right I hear he's going to have to back away from video games a little bit because he's starting school up again. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Believe God. He's going back to school. Um, so, yeah, um, that hasn't started yet. But I think I've, as far as I know, he's going back at some point this week. He thought he was going back last night, but I think he might have had his days crossed. But going for his master's. So we're really excited about that. And. Um, how does he feel about Jaden driving? Um, I think I saw him shed a tear when Aww. little Jay drove away for the first time last night. He looked at me and he said, quote, I'm feeling some kind of way about this. <laughs> and that meant I'm feeling emotional. Uh, I think I'm going to cry. Oh, so. wow. Good for him. Looky there. And Dave Rodriguez has entered the chat, everybody. Hey, up, welcome, Dad? Dave. Yeah, you're not going to be able to hear my sound effects this time, Dave. But okay, good to be good to be here. Good to be here. Good to be. Yeah, back. welcome. It's <clears> been <throat> uh, it's been a, over a year. Well, oh yeah, since I've been on the pod, yes, yeah. it has been. Man, just catch us all up. What's been <laughs> what's been going on? Well, I, I bet Dad, a lot of people would really be interested to hear about your business and what's happened since. Yeah, you left I wanted to Grace. talk about that. Um, uh, because last weekend when you preached, we put your, your name, Dave Rodriguez, founder of destiny work. So yeah. some people may not have any idea, any idea what that is. So give us the rundown of what you're doing these days. Okay. <clears throat> well, the idea of destiny works is that every single human being has a call calling on their life, a summons on their life 
to in some way heal the part of the brokenness of the world. That's the idea. And I should go one step further and say the idea is predicated on the fact that you can discover what that destiny is. So what mm-hmm. I've been doing since we launched, since I launched this so semi-officially last July is meeting individually with people one-on-one to help them figure out their calling and then conducting workshops um, for the same reason to help a group of people figure it out. Um, and then I, it is expanded. I'm doing executive coaching. Now I'm doing consulting with staffs of profits, uh, nonprofits and for-profit organizations. So, uh, and it's expanding further and keynote speaking, but the whole, I, the, the basis of, uh, is still around that idea of helping people discover their calling. That's what I've been doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and how do people like I receive your, your, it might be a weekly newsletter. It I is. receive your newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I, it, it, I actually get, you trick me every week. I think you're like personally sending <laughs> me an email <laughs> every week. It never fails. I'm like, Oh, Dave's oh, Dave just, oh, oh it's shoot. Dave's, it's Everyone's Dave's newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but how do people subscribe? How do people follow you? Um, yeah. I know you recently created a whole brand, uh, social media, um, right presence so how do people get in touch and follow well the easiest way just go to my website uh destiny works.com and okay. you can go there and a there's a uh there's a pop-up will come up and you actually can watch a video i made about mentoring and then it uh automatically puts you on my newsletter or you can just email me and i'll i'll put your name on my that that's if you want to get the weekly newsletter i should i yeah. should say i didn't expect that I would be doing this much writing, but I've been, I've been enjoying that aspect um, of what yeah, I, it's of good. What I read it every week. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually this, I'm going to treat it like a, like I used to in the old days doing a sermon series. I'm doing a whole theme around this month in my writing and all my social media stuff. Cool. So cool. it's fun. Um, yeah, we'll put the, uh, we'll put the link to Dave's website in the, in the show notes here. So you can just check that out and click on it. Um, okay, so you're here, Dave, because you gave your first sermon in a year. Have you have you preached anywhere else, or is it is this just a uh, Grace Church? Spent a year. Um, I did a virtual sermon, and I've and I've spoken in several places, but mm-hmm. not a like pulpit stand up yeah. pulpit sermon. This was the first one. And so you wrapped up our tidying up series, and you primarily talked about. Um, well, you're, the, the topic was many hands make light work and this wrapped up our, our series. And so, mm-hmm. wait, Tyler, I remember actually that was, that, last, was, that, week, was, that was the week before. <clears throat> oh, what, what, <laughs> what was it? You said, you said many gifts make light work. No, no, that was, that, that was, was Amy last week. No, oh, that was Amy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's. <laughs> The, oh, material. Do you remember, do you remember yeah, how we didn't yeah, do the your last treasures. Treasures. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were gone. All right, clear yeah. out your stress with generosity was the, yes. the series like tagline. Yeah, yeah. I got it. All right. Um, <laughs> so you wrapped up our tidying up series uh, talking about the idea of um, storing up treasures, whether that's uh, American treasures, as you called it, or kingdom treasures. Um, and you, you kind of encouraged everybody to... <laughs> to 
pursue generosity through pursuing kingdom treasures. And so can you kind of give us, if you remember the rundown of this show, first question is, uh, can you get kind of give us the uh, big idea of what you had to say for anybody who may not have heard the sermon last weekend? Yeah, well, the, the big idea essentially centers around the idea that treasures, um, material treasures, by their very nature, tend to create a level of stress in us. And plus, they're temporal. They go away. We can't take them with us. And it, it just creates, um, in some cases, unnecessary stress. But what, as Jesus said, focus our attention on heaven's treasures, um, which never fade um, and are world changing. Uh, that is it. It, it, that's the game changer is when we focus on heaven, heaven's treasures and not material treasures, which I labeled American treasures based on the American dream. Yeah. And you primarily focused on Matthew chapter six verses 19 through 21. Right. Um, and this is kind of Jesus telling us to replace, as you put it, the fixation on the material with the one on the eternal. And like you just said, you kind of defined what American treasures are. Um, and you, this is the first time I've ever, I've ever really like, it's been crystallized this way for me, but, and it made a lot of sense. Can you kind of give us your definition of what American treasures are? Well, and I based that off of the American dream, which is this mythical, for some people, they see it as a birthright. In other, this is what I, this is what I deserve. And other people see it as a goal. Um, Mm -hmm. In my definition, there are lots of definitions of, of the American dream, but my definition is based around, I want to be secure, security. I want uh, to be successful and I want to be satisfied. So I accumulate the things around me and the experiences around me that make me successful, make me secure or make me feel secure and make me satisfied. And that's why we have to have more stuff because we're never really satisfied. And so anything that I add to my life that moves in the direction of the American dream, I call it American treasures. Those are the things that we treasure so that I can achieve the dream. Mm -hmm. And then you went on to talk about kingdom treasures and you kind of classified these as stories or resetting our values. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Heaven's heaven's treasures are things that never fade. So they're things that are eternal and they're always going to be about people and they're always going to be about God's will. And so I think at their, at their simplest heaven's treasures are the stories that uh, essentially make God glad and everyone in the kingdom rejoices around these treasures, which are eternal. Uh, mm-hmm. And so investing in those stories is accumulating, in essence, accumulating heaven's treasures. Every time I've heard a sermon about this topic and we talk about this scripture um, specifically, I imagine somebody sitting there either reading this or listening to it saying, and you, you address this in your sermon, but I imagine them saying, so what does Jesus mean? Should I not bother with like savings accounts and investments because I can't take that stuff with me? So what do we say? What do we say to someone who's who's wondering or confused about pursuing the American dream versus stuff that we, we will take with us? Well, I, I don't see a prohibition of wealth anywhere in the scriptures. 
there were wealthy followers of Jesus. Jesus would not have been able to do his ministry without wealthy followers of Jesus essentially supporting him. So there's not a prohibition on wealth. There's not a prohibition on having things that make us satisfied. There's not a prohibition on things make, having things that make us feel secure um, or, um, what did I say? Secure, satisfied, and successful. Safe. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is when the amassing of those things take up an inordinate amount of our time and add to the level of stress in our lives that takes away from heaven's treasures. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much what you have, it's how you have it and, mm -hmm. and how it, how it affects you. That's, that's what I pick up from the teachings of Jesus. And just a few verses later, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Like you, mm -hmm. you got to pick. And so I think you're right. That's, it's not about whether money is, whether you should get rid of all your money, but if you let it enslave you, then it is a yeah. problem. And if your things are enslaving you, then it's a problem. Yeah. Cause if we're going to, if we're going to add up things, then somebody tell me where the line gets drawn, where <laughs> below this line is cool. And above this line is, is bad. Um, yeah. Like Jesus so, had sandals and a cloak. He didn't exactly. have much, but he had those for sure. If he was really, committed to not having stuff, he would have gotten rid of his cloak and sandals and gone around naked. But yeah, uh, with that, um, that would change the story. Wouldn't it? Then again, he also <laughs> said, if someone asks for your cloak, you should give it to him. So I don't know, maybe he would have, <laughs> but I do. So I have a friend. Oh, go ahead. I have a friend who took this to an extreme. He's <laughs> essentially homeless because Jesus had no place to lay his head. Um, he floats around from couch to couch to couch because he is essentially in his mind trying to live like Christ, but it's good Christian people who own the homes with the couches yeah, that right. put him up, you know? And so it's, it's all in what you do mm -hmm. with what you've been given mm -hmm. and, and what you're blessed with. Exactly. Exactly. I think we all, and this is subjective. I'll, I'll admit it's subjective. And this is why it's a process of discipleship. But I think we all have a bit of a sense of what line that we cross when it is dominating my thinking or when it's causing stress. Now, it is subjective. That's not objective either. But it is. I think we know what did Paul say? Um, you know, all things are permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. And so when our acquisition tends to have an inordinate effect on our life, that's a problem. How did people, this is like world behind the tech stuff. How did people um, save money back in the day? Because banks didn't exist, right? Um, you bought sheep or goats or a cow or something and that was and then it would have babies and that's that was your investment account and right you, you didn't have they didn't have like currency I mean, back then they did. they did they had coins and stuff and so that's what he's probably referring to you put your coins in a safe jar or something in your house but then that can easily be stolen yeah. banking yeah. was not really a thing for the average subsistence farmer in you know in judea so i, I think there was um the beginnings of a banking system, um, rudimentary banking system that was was happening about that time, but it's not anything like we have today, of course, because there were, what? you know, the, one of the prohibitions you read in the scripture is uh, not prohibitions. One of the warnings is about lenders, 
And mm-hmm. so there are people that had accumulated a certain amount of wealth that were lending it out. So there was rudimentary banking that was going on. Um, but I mean, when the thing, the thing is when Jesus, if indeed Jesus was teaching this on the Mount, and this was the sermon on the Mount and we, and his crowd essentially was addressed by the Beatitudes, the people he were look, was looking at were generally poverty stricken. They were generally didn't have much. They were poor in spirit. They were mourning. They were under duress. And so this was not just to rich people. This was to all humans within the sound of his voice. And so this is, this is not an issue about wealth. This is an issue about acquisition. I'm reminded of the parable of the talents as we're talking about, you know, how did they save and Mm -hmm. did they have a banking system and um, the parable of the talents, basically the moral of the story is that the one who, who took what he was given as, I guess, seed money and went and buried it and didn't do anything with it and just left it there and then brought back, you know, here's the money. Aren't you proud of me? I didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. He was the one uh, who was scorned in in the end. It's, it's what he did not do with it versus, um, you know, the other people in that parable went and, you know, got a return on investment. So I don't know. It's just reminding me of that parable. Yeah. This is the first time that I've heard. Uh, I mean, storing up treasures in heaven is, is like the churchiest thing I've ever heard, but <laughs> this is the first time that kingdom treasures actually like, meant something to me when you started talking about their stories of redemption. It's like things that uh, you said a child wants food insecure now having enough to eat. That's a treasure. That's a, that's a, that's a treasure that you are. It's basically when you heal a broken place, yep. you're storing up treasures mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've ever thought about that. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention, but. Well, it, yeah, it, there's a, biz- I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this and send all of your, frustrations to Barry, he'll handle it. But, um, it's nice that I can do that. Just call my, yeah. son. just call my son. Uh, he's, yeah. he's lead pastor now. Um, Awkward there silence. is this philosophy, theology, that there are actual uh, treasures will be handed when we go to heaven. And everyone's very fuzzy about what those treasures are. Sometimes they call them crowns. And there, there's some metaphoric statements in scripture about this. I think that's just goofy, to be honest with you. <laughs> there, there, here comes the emails. But I think that's, I think that's goofy. What, A, why do I need it in heaven? I, why would I need anything? And what am I going to do with a bunch of crowns? How can more than one crown fit on my head? It's all, it's all goofy. <laughs> Well, you got infinite days to wear different crowns. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's it. And maybe I could change out the jewels on a regular basis. Like uh, that is a good question. How can more than one crown fit on my head? Well, yeah. we might have, we might have really big heads in the new creation. Or we don't know. Um, infinite I, heads. Yeah. So I, I agree off the rails. No, I agree, dad. It, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, I always used to remember, Growing up, I used to hear like, oh, it was, you know, you're going to you're going to get to heaven and you'll have a bigger mansion if you do all the things that are right. And like for Mm -hmm. me, it was all the I don't know, the good Christian things to do. You get a big mansion or maybe even two mansions. And I was I was always kind of like, I don't 
care about mansions, <laughs> but, um, yeah. the thing that I've come to realize or the way that I look at it now is, and it's all very, of course I'm spending all this time in the garden. And so of course I think about it in terms of gardening, but it's, it's as if we are currently planting by the actions that we, that we take in this life, we are planting seeds that will take root and sprout into the new creation in a way that I don't really understand. I mean, it's metaphorical, but there there's a something about the way that we live now and the, the, the stories that we're developing, the kingdom stories that we're developing that we will see the fruit of in new creation, but it won't Mm -hmm. just be like, I don't think it'll just be like, Oh, a picture on the wall. Like, Oh, what a nice memory. Like, I think in some way we will experience the fruit of what we've planted in this life. Right. So we are building new creation right now, which is very, it's a, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of, um, scripture passages that I could use to try to get into that more deeply, but it's all kind of a bit at an angle. (laughs) None of it's directly saying like, here's exactly how it works because I don't think Mm -hmm. we're going to, I don't think we could understand how new creation will work because it would probably be pan-dimensional and outside of time. And so uh, all of those things, essentially, if we think that heaven is out there and it's a, it's, it's a left-hand turn from what I'm experiencing now. And besides all of this is going to burn up and go away. So I get to heaven and, you know, I have different, now I'm just wearing white and I'm walking around with about 20, 2,800 crowns on my head <laughs> because it's some other place and some other, in essence, what Barry's saying is, is true. As we're, as we're accruing heaven's treasures, we are participating in heaven and earth, the melding of heaven and earth. And this experience mm-hmm. we're in right now becoming more new creation, more heaven-like. Um, and I think the I think the distinction between heaven and earth is an arbitrary, I, th- I think there are reasons why people make the distinction, but what's happening is we're, and God's desire is that heaven envelops earth. Uh, the mm-hmm. new creation envelops this creation and that's why these treasures are so important because they're part of the recreation um, yeah. of all the things. So it, this is really a, um, it, it's a sermon about, or a message about generosity, but it's all, it's also a message about focus because I think you're right. Like as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, I'm thinking about Abraham, David, Solomon, like they all had a lot of money. They all had a lot of stuff, like a lot of wealth. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But Mm -mm. Jesus is asking us to to change our focus and our attitudes about those things. And if my focus and heart's affection is on American treasures, that's where my energy will be. And then all of a sudden my problem is possibly my wealth and my money. But if I have true, if I'm truly seeking his kingdom, then it's evident and how I give to other people or serve other people. And that's, yeah, that's kind of the essence is, is I, I think it's a message about focus. I will say yeah. one opinion though, my opinion, yeah, even though I agree, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong or sinful about wealth or being wealthy. I, my opinion and what I've seen in this world is that it is much harder for, for someone with wealth to not be ruled by that wealth, it takes much more energy and effort to, to set aside the um, demands of wealth Mm. than it is Mm -hmm. to, to, to not have wealth. So I'm not saying it's worse or better. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm kind of quoting Jesus. It is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to get through an eye of a needle like it, because the more you have, 
the more it will demand of you. And to have great wealth with no, like to have a really huge house, but to be okay, not having a security system, like I'm not suggesting security systems are wrong, but like (laughs) if you're going to buy a really amazing house with a ton of stuff in it, like you're probably going to want a security system. And if you're going to want a security system, you're going to want to make sure that you've got whatever, all the things it's like it, it, it's just more tempting for the more wealth you have. So I think the, the most satisfied wealthy people I've known are the ones that are the most extravagantly generous that are constantly giving away what they have that are, you know, that are seeking for ways to invest what they have in others. And, and for whatever reason, they keep getting blessed and more abundance is poured out on them and they just keep trying to outdo God and they keep giving like, those are the wealthy people that are satisfied and are not under the control of, of money. I'm just saying it's, it's difficult. And Barry, we, we need to go back to, the reason why we did this series in the first place and the, the working title for my sermon was about stress reduction or unloading Mm -hmm. stress. And that that's really the point. And you're right on um, with everything I add to my life. My stress goes up. If I'm going to experience some, some soul healing um, or tidying up of my soul, I've got to find ways to reduce my stress. I think wealthy people who are constantly giving things away are essentially reducing their stress mm. more mm-hmm. and more and more as they, as they give it away. Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Marin, um, as I'm listening to the sermon, uh, <laughs> you are on my mind. Yes, Tyler. How come? <laughs> um, Whatever you, do you mean? You, uh, you've s- struck me, stricken me <laughs> as a queen, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Since text, I've gotten to know you, us, so. you texted us something—a a clip from the app notes—and you were like, yeah. "You're like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned," or something like that, because you were feeling yes. a little. Oh my goodness! Because you had you had like seven cartons. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's been um, a great source of stress uh, for my husband. So you see what happened was um, my uh, lactose free half and half. I can't find it at my local Walmart anymore. And so I did find it at Meyer. But like they're always out of it. So when I see it, I pretty much buy all of it, you know, just in case I can't just in case, just in case I'm not able to find see? it. And so, Dave, when you said stock, stop stockpiling your stockpile of stuff that you think you need to feel safe and satisfied. I came Marin home dumping the cream down the, came down home the and sink. took a picture of like all five of my creamers and sent it to Tyler and Barry because I'm stockpiling my stockpile of stuff so I can feel safe because what if they run out again? Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. But if they do. So but this is like this is like you, right? So what what uh what what how did this make you feel? <laughs> I, I am queen just in case I yeah. am. And I will say there's an element of it that convicted me because I am queen just in case. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll just be, I'll be transparent and vulnerable. You know, we take spiritual gifts assessments every now and then. Uh, generosity is never a high one for mm-hmm. me. Um, there are lots of other high ones. Um, I won't say what they are, but that's never in my entire adult life 
been one of the the higher values or whatever characteristics of me. It is of Jed. Yeah. But hmm. it hasn't been of me. And I think the difference <clears throat> is I have a fear of scarcity, hmm. you know, and so we give, you know, we we give. But where I would give, you know, I don't know, fifty dollars, Jed would give like two hundred and fifty dollars. Like that's yeah. the difference yeah. between us where I'm like, I'll give but just enough. Mm-hmm. And Jed will give more cheerfully because he doesn't have that fear of scarcity that I have. And I could, you know, go back into my life story of why I feel that way and what made me that way. But I don't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I am that, you know, constantly fearful. So I better hold on to everything that's mine because I might lose it someday. Like I don't like that about me. Hmm. Um, but Sermons like this one are like that spiritual chiropractic adjustment that I need to take a look at how I am managing my resources. Yeah. And am I just stockpiling my stockpile? Am I doing that? It's so easy for me to slip into that mode. Hmm. Um, or am I actually being a good steward of what I have um, and using it for the kingdom and storing up kingdom treasures? How yeah. am I doing yeah. that? That's yeah, really that's, interesting. I, I, uh, I think what you're getting at Marin is that this isn't just this storing up treasures on earth is not just a matter of like greed and acquisitiveness. It's also can be a matter of a scarcity mindset and fear. Mm-hmm. And fear. in both cases, it's the same outcome. I, that reminds yep. me of, of, I think maybe I might be on more on the side. I'm not, a, I don't really stockpile, but there was a time in my journey with money when I was living in Nairobi and I was, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but, um, during my year in 2005 in Kenya, where I lived in this new tiny little apartment right down the, like basically the entrance to the apartment complex, the big high gates with the barbed wire, like to get in there. And it was not a nice apartment just so you're aware, but it was nicer than the slum that was right at the entrance to this apartment complex. And Mm -hmm. so I would walk through the entrance to a slum every time I went back to this apartment and I was there for three or four months. And, um, I, I was given a very small stipend. I mean, we're talking like I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month or something, but I was literally paralyzed and incapable of using that money for anything. I vividly remember, I mean, I was really struggling. I vividly remember picking up a a bunch of bananas at the grocery store and then putting them back because I didn't want to spend the money on bananas. And, Mm. and so I was eating like white bread and peanut butter and that's all I was eating. It was, it was a complete poverty mindset. It was a scarcity Mm -hmm. mindset. I I was acting as if, you know, if God, if, if I didn't, whatever, if God couldn't care for me and for them, it was all very, it was all very poverty minded. And what I realized at one point though, I looked in my closet in my little apartment in Kenya, which had no furniture whatsoever. Um, I looked in my closet and there was this stack of cash, uh, you know, for months of not spending any, and I wasn't giving it away. I wasn't investing it in the kingdom. I was just sitting there. I was stockpiling mm-hmm. this money because I was paralyzed out of scarcity. And so, um, it's a little different than, you know, five half and halves, but at the same time, like <laughs> I can resonate with what you're saying. And that began a journey for me where I had to really work on, breaking free of that mindset of poverty because I was not, it wasn't turning me into a generous person. It was turning me into just a miserable miser. So yeah, anyway, yeah, Yeah, this is good. It's been a good series. I really, I mean, it's, it's gotten us to ask a lot of questions like 
what do we care about? What are the things that control our lives? How do we clear that out? What are we drawn to? What are the things that we fear losing? That kind of stuff. So it's been a really good mm-hmm. series and uh, I really appreciate um, going through it with Grace Church. It's been a good, it's been a good experience. Dave, thanks for giving us the sermon. I know you got to go. Um, Barry, what, uh, what are we doing next? Well, we're, we're doing something a little different, probably a lot different. We are going to be starting a new sermon series about the book of Micah. It's a prophetic book in the Old Testament. And uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. Micah is, is has a way of afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to speak to us in some big ways. So we'll kick that off this Good. weekend. All right, Dave. Thanks for joining us. I know you're uh, you're busy. You're doing um, you're doing something actually right now. You're like walking into a uh, an engagement. So yep. I know you got to go. So um, if you want to follow Dave, go to destinyworks hyphen destiny hyphen works dot com. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, you can get connected with him. And uh, yeah, Dave. Looking forward to next time we get to talk to you. Thanks. Thank thanks you. For being thanks here. for having me. See you. See ya. All right. Uh, so we're doing Micah next week. Yep. Starting next week. And uh, Marin, you're you're making a, an appearance this this sermon series, right? I I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> How's that coming? Um, yeah, it's it's coming up fast. All right, good. Um, Memorial Day weekend, I think, is the weekend yeah. that I'm scheduled to preach. And I'm excited because it's Micah, guys. It's yeah, Micah. It's Micah. Friends like... of the pod. Can you guess what verse <laughs> I assigned for Marin to preach about? <laughs> Yeah. You want to know what it is? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. You ready what is for this? It? Micah 6 8, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Yeah. So I really, when we first started this <laughs> oh, podcast, that was a you perfect kept... way to end the podcast, Tyler. Come You're going to start Tyler. a new conversation. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I first started this podcast, I really thought you made that up. What? Oh, for for wow. months. I was like, no oh, way. man, that's really creative. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm excited to hear <laughs> what you, you might have even to say. Inspired. That's so yeah. Funny. I was like, wow, that is really good. That's a great sign off. Good thinking, Marin. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> nope. Wow. Nope. It's the Bible. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So that that's what in two weeks. Oh please! I, the, I really it's hope at the it's end of the month. It's, it's four, <laughs> dear Lord. four week series. She's the fourth <laughs> week. Okay, good. So we'll look forward to that. But Marin, um, now can you? <laughs> okay, sure, fine. Uh, yeah. Do justly, love mercy. I didn't make this up. Walk humbly with your God. It's in the Bible. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday.